0: Welcome to the Guitar Omni podcast. I'm Carl Woolwind of Columbus Classical Guitar. Each episode, we'll chat with a featured guest from the classical guitar world. Candid conversations, unique experiences, and career observations from the people who best know the guitar. This is your masterclass in life and the guitar. For more information and past episodes, please visit ColumbusClassicalGuitar.com or see Carl Woolwind Guitarist on Facebook. So we're here with Siad Wells, and she is the executive director of the Margins Guitar Collective, and also the director of individual giving for the Austin Classical Guitar Society. Or is it? It's just Austin Classical Guitar, isn't it? Yes. 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 So how how are you doing, Siad? I'm doing good. How are you doing today? I am. I'm great. This is it's exciting to have you aboard on on the podcast here. So, um, and I met you. I think you were in high school, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was like my first year of college, maybe okay yeah and where we where where did you do your undergraduate?
1: yeah, I did my undergraduate at the University of Memphis uh, oh, in Memphis, okay. Tennessee yeah, so I did um a With bachelor's Lily? in yeah, a bachelor's okay. in music education,
0: yeah, there. Oh, fantastic, yeah. And I, I don't, I don't even remember when that was, but uh, it was, it was at the <laughs> so long ago. It's like
1: ten years work, ago. I
0: know it does seem like <laughs> eons ago. And that was, that was the the workshop at, at University of Cincinnati. Um, that 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 amazing special event that Claire Callahan did for forty years, I think. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I am just... so sad that that no longer exists. Not like, not even for the fact that I might not be able to go, but just the fact that there are so many young guitarists who. Like could benefit from that particular setting
0: absolutely yeah it was it was really you know I did it for about twenty years it was really special and, and I think unique I mean I the, there there are other events that happen all over the world, but there was something really, really special about that particular one. did you go more than once that one year I don't yeah,
1: I went twice, okay, so t- yeah two times when I was in my undergrad, okay, and Yeah, there was something really special about it. Yeah, I don't know. I can't exactly say what.
0: It 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 was there was a community vibe. I think the fact, the fact that there were so such a diverse range of ages and experience levels and everything, made it, made it special that way. Um, You know, I think I think a lot of a lot of especially summer programs tend to be directed very very much at like pre professionals.
2: You know, and mm-hmm. and and i think
0: probably when claire started it that was that might have been the case you know she was she was probably trying something as a as a recruiting experiment and and you know something to to build the profile of the program and that that kind of thing but then it it just turned into this you know kind of like self-sustaining monster and, and uh, i was always i was always amazed at the number of people that came back every year i think you know there there was there was always a really high percentage of of repeat clientele for the students. And, and I always looked at that as, you know, that was a matter of pride. It's like, we must be doing something right here if people right. keep wanting to come back, you know. Um, but yeah, it was, things change, you know, and it's, it, it's so funny because I think in in the midst of it, during all the years that we did it, um, you know, no, nobody ever thought this is ever gonna go away. You know, right. it's like, this is, right. this is just what we do every summer and, and I'll see you next year, great, fantastic, you know and And then that first year that it didn't happen, it was I think i there was some suspicion at the time that like, hey, maybe maybe you know, maybe this isn't gonna come back. things are changing over here and and but I think in the back of my head, I was always thinking, oh, it's just it's a year off for construction or whatever. this, right. this is fine, and uh, you know, and then. You know, the reality hit that it's it's no longer like what what am I gonna do in July? (laughs) (laughs) So, but yeah, you know, and it's it's I guess it's the way of the world. Things things revolve, things change, and and nothing's nothing's forever. And I and I think about the uh, the connections that I made, you know, with with other people at that at that event, and and it's you know it's it was pretty special. So, but so when did you when did you finish your, your undergrad?
1: Uh, I finished that in 2015. Okay. And then I did my master's at the University of Louisville. Oh. And I finished that in 2017.
0: Okay. And you studied with Steve Mattingly? Is that yeah. who's there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great. Very and cool. And then you've had now some, I'm uh,
1: in the fourth year of my doctorate <laughs> at the oh. University of Georgia.
0: Okay. So. I, I can, yeah, I guess I didn't know you're still in school. That's fantastic. And or what degree? <laughs> doctorate.
1: Are you in DMA? Yeah, DMA. Yeah performance Excellent. guitar. Yeah.
0: Fantastic. And, and that's a Georgia.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. How's, so I was, I
0: was living in distance.
1: Yeah. I was, I was living in Georgia um, when I was doing my coursework. Okay. And then I was kind of done with my coursework and I got the job here in Austin and I was like, okay, well, you know, I can do it by distance. And then the pandemic happened anyway. And so it didn't really matter
0: <laughs> right. where I sure. was. It, yeah. So. That's, you know, one of the, strange silver linings of, of all that, right. As people realize, Hey, we can, we can pretty much do things from anywhere, but here I still sit in Ohio for some strange reason. So, um, so yeah. Wow. So you've been working, working on the doctorate for how long now?
1: Yeah, this is my fourth year.
0: Okay. And you got all your coursework done, just Mm -hmm. a bunch of recitals to do.
1: Yeah. Just some recital stuff. And I'm doing my, you know, comprehensive exams and all of that stuff. So,
0: wow. you're going to be a doctor that's exciting that's very cool and so how did you did you move to austin for the job then yes yeah oh wow well i'd
1: always had this interest in working in nonprofits. okay and in arts administration and perfect so it was like oh yeah this is what i want to do
0: that's great that is that's fantastic just good for good for you and and you know and a gainfully employed classical guitarist. It? Yeah. I mean, we got yeah. to be real about this. So,
1: oh yeah. Oh yeah. I um do not take it for granted
0: one bit. <laughs> and um so for for your DMA, your recitals, what are you what are you doing for that?
1: Yeah, so right now I'm working on the uh Tedesco concerto. Yeah. Uh, number one, the first one, mm-hmm. the first one, because there's more than one. Um, yep. So I'm doing the first one. Uh, and then the Bach PFA and um, Preludes on and Allegro by Eduardo Martin.
0: Fantastic.
1: And then just some other kind of things. And then uh, I'm doing a chamber recital as well. Okay. So I'm going to be doing this piece for flute and guitar um, by Gwyneth Walker. And then another piece that I commissioned and then... Oh, cool. Um, I'm also in a guitar duo, and so we're just going to play some
0: Okay. Uh, the Who's that, that with?
1: Do. Oh, uh, Jamie Monk.
0: I said I've got him on the list of people to interview <laughs> upon your recommendation. That's great. That's very cool.
1: Yeah, so um, he and I met when we were both in school in, at Louisville. Okay. And uh, just became really good friends, and so we've managed to make a duo out of it and we still do lots of projects even though he lives in louisville and i'm in austin but um we yeah make it work
0: that's that's great that's fantastic and uh, so do you just have the the two recitals to do for the degree yeah and then just finishing Uh up
1: my uh dissertation research which is going to be on black women composers for a guitar
0: oh fantastic solo solo guitar so you (laughs) got you got to tell me about black women composers for solo guitar
1: (laughs) There are, there are many, um, uh, more than I think most more people than anybody knows. Think. Yeah. <laughs> more than, yeah. More than anybody yeah. knows, but and too like more than a lot of people I think are willing to acknowledge. Um, and you know, some people will say, you know, there's a, there's one, you know, black classical guitarist and it's Justin Holland. And it's like, right. No, that's, he's not, he's not the only <laughs> black person to ever write for the guitar. Um, <laughs> He's kind of becoming what Florence Price is becoming for I think the rest of the the music world. It's like, yeah, we're gonna be diverse. We're gonna program right. Florence Price. And here's in the my guitar. black friend. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely <laughs> got that vibe. If, if
0: I could be so crass. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, and so, and it's like, yeah, like I mean, I'm we're all happy for Florence Price, but you know, right. there are there are more, and the same with Justin Holland. It's like, sure. yes, like this his music is important, and I think in the guitar world, we're always looking to compare music of a, of a certain time to music of that same time. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, um you could think of Justin Holland as kind of being of Sora's time, of Giuliani's time. And since they're the big ones, we have to find something that we feel is is as comparable or is as important. And so everyone's playing Justin Holland, and it's like, right. yeah. <laughs> there's more <laughs> to right, the world right. than that yeah sure it's and just, I think you it, know it's it's, yeah. it's
0: this issue of, of bouncing off the surface of something right you know it, it's it's nice say thank you and and there's there's acknowledgement but really I think things like that should just you know that's that's like cracking open the door come on in the right. room right. you know have a seat right. and let's let's uh let's get into this furniture you know I mean I think I think there's some 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 truth there for sure so so what what who are the composers that you're you're looking into for your dissertation
1: yeah, so uh i'm gonna focus on uh Erlyn wallen okay and she's written a lot of works for guitar uh she lives currently in england um okay and Is
0: that W-A-L-L-I-N? E-N. E-N.
1: okay yes um so her knows. music <laughs> um tanya leon Okay. Who lives and teaches? I think in in New York. I don't know the exact college. Maybe Hunter. But um, okay, she's she's there. Um, I've commissioned a couple of pieces, not necessarily for my dissertation, but just because I <laughs> am interested in that. And um, oh, fantastic. So those will be on there as well. Um, yeah, and just anyone else who you know I find and have scores for and can yeah
0: that's exciting um, that's really exciting are you are you finding any um historical figures from the past
1: there are a few so (laughs) going back to the justin holland thing his daughter was actually a a, a guitarist yeah and but i don't like it's it's documented that she was a guitar player and that she was a composer but where the scores where the scores are i right you know, of course, don't know. So, uh, it would be really cool if in the next six months huh. I was able to locate some more Did information. She have a performing daughter. career? I think so, like oh, a small one. You know, um, Margaret Bonds, um, who is, I think, actually rising to the rank, rising to the same kind of level uh, as Florence Price. Um, uh-huh. She wrote a lot of like these like jazz ballads and standards, and oh. that were uh, arranged for you know, like piano and, and all that, but she would sometimes write in guitar parts for those as well. And so I don't know if I'll write those in, you know, really study those too deeply, but I think it's something to acknowledge that like people did know that the guitar existed.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. You know, know, the other thing is just, you know, I think the, the distinction of separating, separating the instrument into its academic discipline and it's non-academic disciplines is, you know, that's, that's, again, it's purely an intellectual academic construct. You know, people play guitar and and <laughs> some people play classical music on guitar. Some people play things that aren't classical music on guitar. Some people go to school and study. Some people don't. It just, you know, and there's everything all mixed up in between. And I think, um, with, with the way the guitar has historically been used, like since its inception, I think there's there's a, a broad continuum throughout that entire spectrum and and you'll find you know people in any any time period who you know might have played folk music recreationally but also wrote serious art music or whatever you know and I think I think we we make those distinctions as if they mean something and I they don't you know so it's yeah. it's the guitar. <laughs> so Yeah, I would really I would exciting. love to. That's 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 great.
1: Yeah, I would love to to know, like, who are those people who wrote music for the guitar and some, you know, um, in a quote unquote serious fashion or not so right. serious fashion, um, but that we just ignore because, right. you know, it's not, you know, they're there academic. Yeah, 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 so like, yeah. There. it's like, yeah, it's like we, we can't possibly think that we've lived in a world where, you know. No no black people have written for guitar, or no women or you know like right. I think that the conversation about recognizing the achievements of women in guitar is is kind of coming to the forefront, but um not quickly
0: <laughs> right, <You're> right. <laughs> yes yes the, yeah these things unfortunately you know they they they're always slow to move you know that's uh yeah that's that's really really cool um. And I'm, and I'm assuming when when your dissertation is, is done, you'll be publishing it all over the place and it'll be all the information will be readily available to those of us with hungry minds. And, and, and uh, you know, you're, you're going to change the world. That's that's really awesome. That's the goal. You know? <laughs> <laughs> is, is there anybody else doing similar research right now that you know of?
1: Um, that I know of? Uh, no. Um, but I mean that doesn't mean that there aren't I just (laughs) (laughs) I think that there there a lot of people have written about Justin Holland for their dissertations (laughs) and that's um you know that's that's cool um but yeah I haven't found anyone who's doing like the exact same work um there are a couple of people who have written okay more than a few a, a, a few people who have written uh, you know uh, about women guitar for dissertations right. and published books and things like that but sure. still you know not as many as you would
0: hope right and again you know you, situation we know they're there you know it's 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 just that the, the spotlight hasn't been on on that on that that area so are you are you familiar with the name Candace Bailey she's a musicologist um in oh is she in Raleigh North Carolina
1: okay I am not
0: um she I mean she's not a guitarist since I don't know if she's done any guitar related stuff she teaches at um an HBCU I think it's. I think she's in Raleigh. If I'm not mistaken. Candace Bailey. I can. I can actually I okay. can get in touch with her very easily. That would be um, amazing. But she's she's done a lot of research and published. Actually, she just had a book come out. I know she's had. She's this. I think it's her second book, um, on women composers uh, in the Americas in in the 19th century. Um, and I, I can't imagine somebody digging very deeply into that subject and not at least, you know, running against running up against something having to do with the guitar somewhere. So <laughs> right. we should we should get you guys in touch with her. Yeah, that would be... See if she's got any information for you. So, Amazing. And she's yeah. a super, super cool person, too. I really, really like her a lot. So, um, yeah. Excellent. So you've got that going on. And and then you've got the the, the Margins Collective, which I, I saw your, your performance couple months ago and that was that was really cool and and it just it struck me while I was watching that that I am an old white dude (laughs) (laughs) who grew up in an old white dude world you know and but at the same time I just thought man this is awesome this is so cool there was nothing like that going on taken seriously when I was when I was a young person um and And to me, I just thought these are these are doors being opened here, and this is really cool and very exciting and I would like you to tell me about how um you know the idea came up for the the margins collective what uh you know what the what the mission of it is mm-hmm. what 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 you've got going on with that so tell tell me a little bit more about that stuff,
1: yeah, so I would say when I was um doing my master's i started to kind of question you know like there have to be more (laughs) women and and black composers out there for the guitar and like where are they but also not composers but also performers like i would go to lots of camps and studios and there are you know hardly any black students hardly any female students um very few students who are not white men or From the Americas in some kind of way. Um,
0: and so uh, no, I, have to, I have to answer I have to ask you this question because you know there's there's always a misunderstanding about this. You don't hate white men from the Americas, do you?? No,
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: no I think there's this like when people are talking about um, advocacy, there's this notion or idea that, I'm telling people to never play music right. by white men ever again and it's right. like no I'm just asking right. you to play something else in addition yeah. to that. Uh, Let, sometimes. Yeah, let's
0: let's 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 pay attention to the entire picture you know which includes people who are not you know don't look like me. Yeah. Right. And I think we
1: we've just like it's some people that's all they they've ever played and that's all they've ever right. known and so you know, we have a hard swing to the right, whereas I'm asking people to be a little bit more in the middle. Right. Sometimes, you know, sure, right, um, so, and to make a commitment to that. And so, you know, I was I was studying and I was learning about Justin Holland and reading dissertations <laughs> and things like that. <laughs> and and um, and then I moved and I was like, you know, I wanted I want to do something. I had always wanted to to have my own thing going, and I am self-motivated or a self-starter enough that i can kind of like get things going and so i was like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna do this thing and i had no idea what it was gonna be um i had the i was like is it only gonna focus on like one kind of certain type of person with certain type of identity or will it be a little bit more broad? And I decided to go a little bit more, more broad. Sure. Um, but the idea with the Marge guitar collective is that we work to create a diverse and inclusive uh, artistic community centered around the guitar through primarily concerts and commissions and whatever future projects that we, we sure. get
0: into. Um, that, that's kind of cool that you've left it so open like that so you know you're not you're not looking at it through a narrow window oh we only do this or we only do this you're like the only as long as it's guitar we're good right you know yeah yeah that's really it and the possibility to to do a lot of different things which is is very cool
1: yeah and I I wanted there to be more works for guitar that were not by white men and so it was like okay I'll do commissions and then somebody has to play the the commissions. And then, um, but also I feel as though that the, maybe the the trajectory of a career from somebody from your generation had, and the one that somebody from my generation has is very different. And so
0: it's remarkably different. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I wanted to, I wanted there for there to be a space where artists felt celebrated and where they felt like, okay, I know that I'll have the opportunity to play for margins X many times a year. And that um, if I want to do a project that maybe they can help support it, or if I want to release a recording, you know, all of these other things. So it's more than, you know, the concerts um, and the commissions, but it takes, it just takes time to get there. And I think I was, I was still figuring out. When did you
0: start it? When, when, how long has that been going on?
1: uh, Since, like late 2018 2019. Oh, okay, so it's,
0: it's still relatively new, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So and you know with nonprofits or I don't I don't know that will be a nonprofit uh, in the traditional sense, but I think that when you start any kind of organized collective group of people, it it does take longer yeah, usually absolutely. than anyone would like to admit so sure it's a slow burn i always like to say it's like a slow burn and there's no rush um, because i want you know this to last for as long as it can and so we take our time doing the things that we do um in the best way possible
0: right right it's it's really it's really it's very exciting and i I think think people should should be checking these kinds of things out and and absolutely um you know like let's let's uh I've, I've often said, you know, over the past decade or so, that one of the problems with classical music is the environment in which it, it has traditionally been created. And, you know, I like going to symphony concerts as much as the next guy. And, and I, you know, I love that environment. But if that's the only environment in which the music is allowed to exist. It's going to die. You know, they, yeah. like there are a lot of people who have no interest at all in, in setting foot in a in a stuffy concert hall with with people who are dressed up and acting really starchy, and that's fine. You know, and they and but you know the music's for them too, and and I I've, I've always been a big advocate. Like, let's let's get the music out in places where people are. You know, um, one of the one of the things that I I did here in Columbus for a little while was work with a chamber music organization. Um, and we did, like the, the, the at the end of the, um, the term. It was always like an, it was an academic program, and at the end of the term, mm. we would go and and play classical music in a, a, a venue that was like primarily, primarily like a jazz club, you know. But it was it was a bar and pizza place, and it's like classical music in environments like that is fantastic. It's it's it's, it's wonderful, you know, and using using amplification and the whole thing and being under lights and you know like these are things that that you know people who play other styles of music do all the time and, you know but right. it's i i love that idea of, of getting the music out to the people and now you know with the with what's happened with the pandemic i think it's really really interesting that we're now doing all these things online suddenly as if the technology is brand new and you know, yeah. it's been around forever. It's, you know, that zoom was created in what, 2008 or something like that. Yeah. This?
1: Yeah. I've been the, using I, zoom idea for idea a long time. An, yeah. But the things. idea of
0: doing a, like an online concert, you know, I did my first one last year because I, you know, I was I so was scheduled to give a concert and I, I was ready to do this program and it was like, well, this sucks. I, you know, I, I, I was ready to play, man. So, you know, but I could have, I could have done that a decade ago which is yeah really, it's it's fascinating that that like you know all it takes is to have that thought of why well why don't you do this huh good question why don't I do this you know um, I think it's a so, classical
1: music thing too because it like people in other genres have been live streaming performances yeah more, more than, <laughs> than than we have but you know right. for a classical it's, guitar to be like Oh, you're gonna you're gonna live stream my performance? Like, no, like, don't do it's, that.
0: It's so bizarre, <laughs> you know. I mean, like, how many how many screens are there in the world? You know, I I I'm sure, I'm sure that the number of people that watched the online concert that I did last year, I'm I know, like, without a doubt. I don't even have to look. I know I've never had that many people in an audience for yes, a yeah. concert ever before. Yeah. You know. And, yeah,
1: I feel the same way.
0: I mean, a house. St- what what, what was I thinking you know Um, and and I you know I think I think in general classical music is um, it's conservative in a strange way as regards Mm -hmm. technology you know and and I think I always think about people talk about Barrios and Segovia and how um, you know part of part of the success they both had during their lives were a willingness to embrace technology you know interesting you know I, know, I don't know if this is true or not, but um, somebody told me once that Segovia was the first classical musician to ever play on television. You know, because that was seen as so lowbrow, like, oh, you can't do that. You know, that's just ruining the art. Um, and he was like, no, this is a way for me to get in front of millions of people. I'm going to do it. You know, and I think it's you know this is this is the uh, <laughs> this is the pandemic <laughs> version of that, right? You know, <laughs> like okay, yeah, well. I'll, I'll Online concerts, sure, I'm in. Let's do it. You know, it's a, but it's so weird. It's such a simple thing, and and that there was any resistance to it at all is it's it's, it's bizarre. So I guess you know, like like over the past year, it's all these silver linings popping up and, Hey, you know, I probably wouldn't have done this mm-hmm. otherwise, you know, so, you know, that I've been cooped up in my house for a year is really okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I miss hugging the...
0: people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so.
1: In the same way that you, you know, that you said that there's this kind of strange conservatism in classical music. I think it's really pervasive in classical guitar and that resistance um, Which is weird through.
0: because yeah. guitarists are kind of, you know, we've always talked about being on the fringe of the classical music world. We're always we're always the the, the weird ones, right? Like right, oh, you know, right. we don't really belong in that club. You know, and I'm I'm okay saying that. Like I, I think I think the response to that attitude is is either you accept it or you fight against it. And and fighting against it is is I think a losing battle. You know, mm-hmm. I think there's there are there are things that are established in the especially the symph- symph- symphonic centric classical music world, we will never have access to that stuff. We will, you know, we'll bounce off no. of it on the outside, and I'm okay with that. You know, I mean, it, the guitar is it, is a unique thing. It does something very special. Let's just do that and be concerned with doing that. Yeah, well I
1: I, as as I, we can, I you know? agree with you. So many people are trying so desperately to to find or arrange music for guitar that was by Beethoven or, mm-hmm. you know, Ravel or whatever. And it's like, I understand you why, my language. I understand why you want to do this, but it, but it's okay that we don't have that music. And I think yeah. we can all move on and acknowledge that there is some really great music out there that is for our instruments. Um, I did want to, I, I did want to say too, that, classical guitarists have this weird thing about playing the, con- playing the same concert like multiple times. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been a resistance to the streaming thing. Um, because I go through this myself, it's like so many of yeah. us, we, we learn a program and there are people who learn a program and they play that same program for like three years. Sure, sure. So I could see why if you're like, oh, I did it once on stream, Why would anyone ever want to see you play it again?
0: Um, One of the things that I've noticed too is, you know, if, if I, if I was going to put a concert program together in my mind, I'm generally thinking 90 minutes worth of music, you know, which is, that's a a tremendous amount of music and it's a lot of work to put that together. Um, But what I've noticed with a lot of streaming things or, or online things, they tend to be a little shorter. And I think that's you know people's attention spans being what they are, and and everybody's busy, even though we're all cooped up, avoiding the plague. Um, I, th- I still think people are generally pretty busy, um, yeah. or trying to stay busy. You know, so I wonder if I wonder if that's something too that, um, you know, it requires a, a little shift in thinking. You know, like sure I'm, I'm gonna do an online performance but it's only going to be a half an hour and the next one i do i'll play different music so you know you take that same 90 minute program and you look at it as three you know 30 minute online mm-hmm. experiences I, it's it's a different perspective you know um when you, the the concert that i saw you do for the the margins collective mm-hmm. did you record that all at once or did you do do it in different stages it was or it wasn't uh, uh, live, was it?
1: No, it wasn't live. I did okay. them. Uh, I had like a weekend. And so okay. I did them all in <laughs> one weekend. Because right. uh, as much and as I would love thing. to I mean... do things slowly and pace them out, it right. usually is like, okay, <laughs> I have these two hours on Sunday morning. I need to record these things.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I read something recently about procrastination. Because I, I I do the same thing. What it is, you know, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty highly organized, uh, which... I feel weird saying that because I think I think I'm not, but I think I I think I, in in actual reality, compared to other people, I think I I, I organize pretty well. Um, but I have this this habit of, like, I will think about something for such a long period of time before it. It's it's current. It's it's percolating. It's going around. You know, I'm making notes. I'm making lists. I'm organizing around it. But I wait until the last. You know, absolute last possible second to do the work. You know, and I read something recently that was saying that that procrastination isn't isn't often. It's not us. It's it's it, it, we we accuse people of being lazy, right? You know, you procrastinate because mm-hmm. you're lazy, and and whatever this was that I was reading said it's actually it it's a sign of of a highly critical mind. You know, because you're 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 spending all that time looking at whatever problem you're trying to solve or whatever task you have from every different angle and making sure that that's all covered you know it's like because you don't want to mess anything up you know um and I I can totally identify with that that kind of thinking I remember many many years ago I I, I did some backstage production work um at at a performing arts center here and one of the one of the shows that was that was on stage was Garrison Keillor's um, Pray (laughs) Home Companion you know Mm -hmm. when he used to take it out on the road and he he wrote all of those shows like a half an hour before the first rehearsal which was right before the show (laughs) you know and I thought oh my gosh what the heck's going on with that at the time he had a a woman traveling with him who was interviewing him to write a book and she and I, I I was part of my duties was to you know make sure she was taken care of and one of the things she said was he had a background in journalism early in his career, and he just never got out of that kind of like deadline, deadline kind of mindset. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I yeah, def, definitely identify with, with that. So, but back to, uh, back to the, the 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 discussion about technology and, and oh yeah. Doing, doing different things and, and how you did the, the margins and whatnot and that's another possibility as well you know it, you know live stream doesn't have to necessarily be live right you know um, yeah
1: yeah I did a, I did a concert um, more recently and there were 14 people performing and there was no way that we could have right. done that live it would have also been really difficult to do in person to have right of course yeah gather right. 14 people to perform and you know so it's it's one of those things where
0: were they yeah, all in different cities
1: yeah like there were some that's, people so that's there were
0: fantastic some
1: people in brazil fantastic. you know yeah um but it was really cool but you know we would have never been able to fly someone in from brazil that would be awesome but it's just not realistic for um most organizations to do I would say small or large at this point um, because of you know the way that the visa system works Um, so yeah there's so much that you can do with technology and I think you know people were saying oh well this is great we're not going to change this when the pandemic is over and I think that a lot of people are going to go just back to doing what they were doing before which is really unfortunate
0: I think what my attitude is let's do both you know, I mean, let's let's just do everything. If there's an opportunity for human beings to be creative and do something interesting, let's let's do that. You know, let's. And I think there, those are two very different experiences. Um, and I gotta say, you know, like I'm an introvert. Like it, hanging out in my house is perfectly fine <laughs> with me. And if I can get high quality artistic content coming, you know, coming in. And I'm in my sweatpants and having a beer. I'm a happy guy, you know. <laughs> um, and, then that, and that's not to say that I, I don't enjoy, you know, going and hearing music played in in the air and in, in concert halls too. But it's it's a let's, let's let's do it all, you know. Let's let's see what's out there. I have a friend who uh, is on the faculty at New England Conservatory in, in vocal pedagogy, and when this whole thing got started. Um, he jumped on it really fast. I mean, he really got going on it. And there's a there's a product that has, again, it's been, the technology has been around for, for a decade. Um, and it's an open source application called SoundJack. And it, it yes, takes a little... I've used this. Have, have you, have you yeah. really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell me about that.
1: So I was doing this uh, show that was like live improvised Music, um, (laughs) but we had like scores. Yeah, in real time over the internet. But it was like I will say that soundjack is cool. And I'm using a, I'm doing a a show that's kind of similar where I'm part of like the pit musicians orchestras, and there's going to be like a play happening.
0: And And all all virtual, all online. Yeah, it's all virtual. So cool. Yeah, and we
1: use um, audio movers, which is really similar. It's paid, so it's the quality is a little bit better than okay. sound check i would say um sound check is fine there's like there's still gonna there's always a delay sure. and I, I think it's just it's hard the technology has always been there yeah. but i don't think that it has been i think because people didn't know it was there it hasn't improved at the Only speed that, that it could have. use it right you know, <laughs> right right i think
0: that's a necessity and whatnot and again getting back to human nature, uh, you know, It's it, it'd be nice if we did things <laughs> for the sake of, you know, just doing them for the common good, but uh, I think when, you know, push comes to shove, we've we got to be squeezed a little bit, you know. Um, I know that that uh, one of the things that, that that my friend has done, his name's Ian Howell, um, and he uh, he's, he's dug pretty deeply into, um, you know, how to configure the how to configure the computers on both ends, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, the internet connection. And there's, you know, there's port forwarding and things that I've done before, but I don't really know about, um, there's some sort of piece of technology called a fast music box. And so oh, I don't know that, <laughs> and, it, and it's running off a of, uh, raspberry Pi, which I understand is like this little tiny computer, computer like, yeah. you know, it's all these things that I've, I know exist, but I know zero about it. And. He's he's really he's put put together these guides that, that people could download and, and I know that he's gotten latency like across hundreds of miles down to like five um, is it is it milliseconds or microseconds? I can never remember. MS. It's like <laughs> and basically when we talk about latency in that context, as I understand it every MS microsecond, millisecond, millisecond it's millisecond, isn't it? I think it's millisecond. I, Okay. Every let's go with that for the sake. You know, somebody can correct me in the future, but we're, I just want to I just want to say MS. So um, every millisecond of latency basically represents a foot of distance in real space. So that if you oh, okay. if you have a five millisecond latency delay, that's comparable to if somebody were five feet away from you, playing with you in the same room. Which is, I mean, that's that's what we do, right? So and he's he's gotten numbers that low. Um, they did a they did a master class um, with I, I think I think the teacher was in Europe, and they had performers all over the United States and like accompanists in one city playing for singers in another city in real time. And that's just astounding to me. It Blows my mind that that's going on. Um, and I know that he's part of the reason he's been so successful with it is because he's got you know the. the the entire resource of the New England Conservatory behind him,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, to, to support his efforts, which is great. Um, but it's, you know, it, it I think it's pointing in a certain direction, which we, I think, you know, shouldn't we be embracing this? This is, this is fantastic. And like you said, you know, there's no way you could have done this concert with you know, 14 people you know it would have been so unwieldy you right. know and but that's I and mean, that's how we've been doing it forever and ever and ever and you think about all the projects that that people had great ideas on and say i'd really love to do this but you know this is i i need to hire a full-time staff just to you know make this happen and uh, you know it's I, I did when when i was still teaching at Otterbein i i they they have a program that the arts department's every other year get a big Chunk of money and, and I think mm-hmm. they were <laughs> they I think they were sensing that I was I was wanting to move along and do other things with my life and but <laughs> try to keep me around for a little longer. So one year they're like, hey, let's give this money to Carl so he can do a guitar festival festival <laughs> and, and uh, it, it was it was a huge undertaking, you mm-hmm. know. And, and and it wasn't like I I think the budget was like ten thousand dollars or something like that. And we had a little extra money from the department, and then I had you know contributors and whatnot. Um, but I mean, that's not a in the world of, of arts funding. That's 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 a that's pocket change, right? You know, <laughs> <laughs> and but it it took me, you know, it took me a whole lot of extra work that year to to put that thing together. You know, and it was just I I don't I think it was just a week long, um, you know, maybe maybe had a dozen people coming in. I don't you know there was there were events every night and some events during the daytime, but. It, Huge undertaking, and it was all nuts and bolts stuff. Is all logistics, and and how you know what time is this person doing this? You know, and you know, it, it was great. It was it was really cool. But it, I think, you know, just just again as a demonstration of of how much effort these kinds of things can take. Where mm-hmm. you know now we have these technologies, we have different ways of doing these things. You know, I think I think the ideas are, you know. We, more possible perhaps. I yeah. So but with sound what, so- with
1: like with soundtrack and audio movers, it's weird because you know that there's a delay. Right. And you're like listening to yourself play, but it's it's like still a little strange. So right. I think it's really for the person who's listening, like they get that like right. simultaneous experience when you're playing with people oh, on it. Okay, I don't feel like you really get that. Okay, like you kind of do, right. but it's it's still a little weird, you know? Do you think they're it's kind of thing
0: that if you did it enough, you you you'd be able to adjust a little bit, or is it Probably. just too yeah. unsettling? Yeah, I
1: think you. Yeah, I think you would totally be able to adjust. And I think yeah. it's been like I've been playing improvised music with people right it. so that whereas can... yeah whereas i wonder if you know me and my duo partner like if we were playing whatever we play right. um that it's i wonder hard enough if enough to would play be it different. together
0: in the same room really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when, when, when we play an instrument that's all attack you know getting 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 those attacks to line up perfectly uh you know that's that's hard enough in, <laughs> in real time <laughs> i always envied like like string players for that reason it's like you know you can kind of can I fudge the beginnings of your notes a little bit and make it sound like it's together we we can't do that we gotta be like it's gotta be dead on you know uh but uh that yeah it's so and, and with the the delay thing i i have a i have another friend who does a lot of world music um it, it it's hard to describe what he does he he <laughs> He's he's all about finding like bizarre instruments from around the world that nobody knows about, you know. And so his shows are really interesting because he just pulls these things out that make these incredible sounds and you've never heard of them before and he does stuff and it's like, whoa, that's really cool. Um, and, and he's he's been doing things through Facebook Live in real time with other musicians. Um, but generally it's you know, things that that he can do things like drones or okay. things that yeah. don't necessarily have to be in time or you know just you know it, um what we call sweetening basically in, in, in recording studio tech, tech or t- terminology you know and things and it's been it's been really interesting but again it's here's here's a challenge and here's a creative mind saying well you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna answer this challenge and come up with new solutions and it, you know it's funny because it's it it in that case, it worked surprisingly well, and I think with you know certain types of improvised music, I could see where that would be that's just fine, you know. Yeah. Um, very very cool, very cool. So, um, and, and what? I'm just because just I've never heard of it. Um. Mm-hmm. You, so how is how is Audio Movers? Is it is it much different since you've used both of them? Um, oh is it much yeah. different so... from Soundjack or.
1: Um, yeah, it's a little different because with audio movers, you, you run it through a DAW, Whereas okay. with SoundJag, you don't have to do that. Okay. Um, and you have to pay for audio movers also. So, you know, they, there's like support, but the, I think the quality is there. Um, and you, what you do is you kind of, it's same with SoundJag, you like trade the uh, other person's links and okay. then you can pull them up in a web browser. So they're like streaming their music and you know, I mean, it's, it's cool. I think, you know, for what it is, you know, it, it works. Right. And I think the delay on there is, yeah, you can set the latency also, um, kind of with, with soundjack. And so it's cool. Yeah. I'd say it's cool. (laughs) Like, so the, the show that I'm doing, um, they're like, seven or eight musicians. Okay. And so there's just always a tech problem. Sure. Someone's audio movers link is not working. Someone's DAW is not working. We can't right. get it on the zoom, <laughs> you know? So I think
0: that's, that's,
1: we we spend probably 30 minutes at the uh-huh. beginning of every rehearsal yeah. trying to, to figure that but, out. Know, so that
0: happens, that happens in real life too. You know, it does. I mean, yeah. The, the yeah. We're moving parts. You get something, you know, I, I think of all the, the, the times that I've spent playing, um, Shows for for like Broadway musicals and stuff. There's so many details, you know. There's so many little tiny things that need to be taken care of. There's monitors, and then you know you have the keyboard players with their software, and that, that's always flipping out. And you know if somebody can't get their instrument into the pit, or you know there's a lighting problem, or you know microphones on the singers. There's always you know it's the same. It's that. That happens anyway. I think you know you get get a group of people together to do something complex. There, there's going to be things that need to be ironed out. You know.
1: Um, yeah, I think so it's like not
0: surprising though.
1: It's when whenever you're doing like any kind of collaborative Zoom thing, you just like expect for the Zoom to start right and for it to start. Whereas, no, like you said, there's still we still have those same in-person things, but those things usually happen before rehearsal time. I feel like sometimes, whereas like we're doing this during rehearsal time because no one's really going to do it before. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, you know, I'm definitely guilty of showing up like rehearsal starts at 3.30 and I show up at 3.29 and I'm like,
2: right. oh, where's I my am. microphone?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure,
0: sure. But it's, a, but it's the know, same, yeah, d- busy. T- time really ceases to exist in a, in a pandemic type world, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every day is Blur's Day. And... <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I, I understand what you're saying though Yes, for sure So so what is this show? What, what are you doing for that? What is what's this Yeah, program?
1: so it's called uh, Natatorium And okay. it's a live theater show With improvised chamber music In the background okay. uh, So there are some people Who like wrote the a loose script for the show And so the musicians will be Kind of like on and off camera Throughout the show scoring it very cool. Um, so it's really cool. Yeah, I had kind of never. Re-
0: is, now is the is the drama also improvised?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and so I'd I'd never I'd never done uh, improvised chamber music with people until I came to Austin and I saw them do something similar in person. And I was like, Oh, like, this is really cool. And then, you know, the pandemic happened and they were like, well, we're going to cr- try to keep doing this. Do you want to sure. be involved? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And it's been a really good way for me to meet people who live in the same city, but who, that I can't like physically go see.
0: Right. Okay.
1: Um. And it's been also cool to just get to play with people. Yeah. And you know, like that's what I love about playing the guitar too. It's, you know, and playing in a duo is like, Oh, I get to play music with someone, and right. you know, I still want to be in a band. You know, I've been in bands here and there, but you know, I'm still like that. You know, that guitar player who wants to sure. be in a band. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah. So. It's well, I think like, I oh, think especially cool. in
0: the in the past, uh, I guess 50 years, yeah. Like you know, most people's introduction to the instrument was you know seeing somebody in a band and going, "That's really cool. I want to do that." You know. Um, so yeah, there's there's always there's there's always that that. In, our, in the back is over our minds, I think you know the whole, like, I want to be a rock star yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah it's, it's, it's very cool I, I always tell my students that uh, you know it's there's this circle that needs to be closed and you know you, you can you can play at a very high level and you can you can work really hard and you can have this great thing that you've, you've created but until you close the circle by either playing with someone else or playing for someone else, It's not the complete experience, you know, I mean, music is something Mm -hmm. that is to be shared from human to human and like all things artistic, it defines our humanity in that way, right? I mean, we, 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 we make art because we're human. We are human because we make art and it's a necessity. Like everybody does it. I don't care if somebody doesn't call themselves an artist or not. Everybody does something creative Mm -hmm. at some point in time, every day of their lives. It's what we do. Um, and I always tell them, you know, you have to, you have to have that that part of it. It's not you're you're not getting the, the the complete experience unless you're you're playing for other people, playing with other people. It's really, really important, you know. And I think for for me, you know, I think about all the like the the just the peak experiences that I've had as as a as a playing musician have always been with other people, you know, mm-hmm. like, like and I, and it's to the point now where with with very few exceptions my my interest in playing as a soloist are you know really diminished (laughs) you know and i i used to used to spend a lot of time focusing on that early in my career and then i got i I got into doing a lot more chamber music and for for a really long time i you know i I wasn't i wasn't working on any solo material because i had all these other projects going on um and at first, I didn't miss it. You know, I thought this, mm-hmm. this is fine. I, I used to do that a lot more, and and now I'm really enjoying this. And what happened was, I after after a while, I, I did. I, I said, um, you know, when I start to miss this again, I'll I'll start focusing on it. And it was such a different experience that way. You know, it was it was really intentional, and it was really. Um, I'm doing this not because it's what I do or not because I feel like I have to do this or not because, you know, this is my career. I'm doing this because I want to. And wow, what a different perspective that was, you know. Mm-hmm. And plus the fact all of the things that you learn musically from playing with other musicians is so critical, you know. And, and, and actually, Claire used to talk about this all the time, and I think it was her vision for her program. And even mm-hmm. what, what went on in the workshop is, you know, if you if you consider that... that other musicians spend at least as much time, if not more, playing their instruments with other musicians as they're being trained. And mm-hmm. I mean...
1: Yeah, I think guitarists really miss out on that.
0: Yeah. And, and, and it shows up in, in fundamental yeah. areas. Yeah. You know, <laughs> reading ability, the ability to play in time, listening, all these things that become highly subjective when you're just a guy sitting in a room playing guitar by yourself, you know? Um and and it's yeah it, it it's it's really interesting. But I think, and training in in the non-guitar world is you know I think it's changing. But uh, I think in general it's of a much higher level. And there's there's that uh, whole established pedagogy thing that happens.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that we're
0: just now starting to even talk about. You know, and 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 I think that makes a difference. You know, you have you have kids high schoolers you know who are who are a string guys think of string players especially because you know I've, I've had a lot of interface with them you know I've, I've heard people 18 19 year old people who play at above what a very high professional level would have been you know 20 or 30 years ago you know as it's, it's like wow that's really amazing. Um, and it, it's—I think it's happening more and more in the guitar world too. But yes, yeah, it is. Um, yeah. But you know that's been going on for quite some time. And I remember having a conversation with a with a violinist friend who who said, you know, Suzuki was great, but it it it, <laughs> it ruined a lot of people. You know, mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. it, it made it it made the that field so highly competitive. You know, that you you have people. You know in their teens playing at that incredibly high level. But for, from my point of view, you know, getting to play chamber music with folks like that is so valuable. You, and you learn how their minds work in the world of sound and and what they're doing with, with musicianship. And you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I've got, I've got stuff to learn. And it makes Mm -hmm. you, it makes you a better musician, you know? And I, I I used to talk to my students about, about phrasing and say, if you you want to learn how to phrase stuff, you have to play with singers. You know, you have to, you have to play with with people who need to breathe. (laughs) (laughs) That's really important. You know,
1: I think, yeah, I wish that. I think it's two things. I think it's that they're, doesn't seem to be as much of a career for guitar chamber musicians um right. or guitar in chamber music yeah. as much as in, in other things and then I think because of that a lot of teachers for better or for worse don't know how to get their students to do that to right. you know to have friends who are not guitarists who just want to you know learn chamber music or enroll in the class and So I think it's, it's both of those things, but they're really, really important. And I'm the same way, you know, like, I think if I could in the future have a career that I played mostly chamber music, I would be totally happy if I didn't, um, you know, play a ton of, (laughs) a ton of solo music. And I like, you know, I like my solo things here and there, but, you know, playing with people and like that kind of stuff is like, it's great. So much fun.
0: And I think it, it also opens, Opens up doors to audiences that you wouldn't not you wouldn't necessarily have access to, otherwise you know. And I, I think I think about all the the collaborative work that I've done, um, you know, playing for people that you know they would never have come see a solo guitar, guitar concert, <laughs> you know. Um, and that's exciting. That's great. That's very very cool, you know. So yeah, great. So what what do you have coming up with 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 margins? What's what's the next thing? For that. Oh,
1: yeah. Um, we're going to do some concerts, um, just virtual throughout the rest of the year. So okay. probably like one every couple of months, Okay, um, three or four months. And I'm trying to slowly phase myself out of so much of the playing. Um, okay. And not because I don't want to, but it's not sure. about me. <laughs>
2: right.
1: right, right, right. Uh, and I want to be able to support other people. And their dreams and their, um, you know, goals and aspirations. So, you know, I'm still gonna do some of some of that, but mainly I want to be in the, administrating and doing that type of things. Um, Excellent. So there, yeah, there are more people who have come on as artists who are gonna perform regularly, and do projects and things like that. So that's exciting. That's what's coming up, and I'm I'm thinking of you know like what other creative things do I want to do with with people or what other things do they want to do
0: sure
1: so just just trying to figure that out and you know I didn't know that you know because no one was really streaming you know two years ago I never thought like we would be streaming or or I was like you know how will (laughs) we do this but now I'm seeing that like oh like there are people who are going to continue to produce high quality video streaming content so we're just going to do that and yeah. eventually we'll do in-person things because you know of course um, but i think there'll be like fewer and farther between right. and i think our audience is really it's online yeah um at least now
0: sure so. sure and there's i mean there, there you know there's 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 a generational thing at play for that too you know i, I think i think someone you know i'm 51 years old and you know, I, I remember days before the internet, you know, I remember like, I, I had a friend in, in grad school who had an email address and would go to the library to get on the computer to check her email. And I was like, <laughs> what is that email? Well, I don't understand, you know? And so I, I think there's a generational difference there where, where younger people, um, you know, there's just no, there's no separation there. It's like, you know, like you, younger people's worlds have been informed by screens and the internet and and it's like you don't have to take an extra step to think oh this is different right because it's not right, it's right, just right. like hey it's it's online cool you know and <laughs> you know where yeah. some 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 older people might say oh that's curious you know <laughs> you're doing something online oh how neat you know where for for younger people it's just it's part of the reality which is is fantastic i mean really when it, when it comes down to it Um, You know, and there's there are issues of democratization. I think that uh, are really exciting when when it comes down to it. You know, Um, whole hosts of other issues in terms of people who control the flow of information. But we're we're not going to talk about that. You know, the, (laughs) the ideal though, you know that that it doesn't matter. Like if you have access to, you know, to the internet. You have access to all of these uh, amazing things. Hopefully, ideally, in theory, right? Yeah, in <laughs> but theory. I th- but I think there's a huge dem- democratizing um, effect that 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 should be happening through through that kind of thing. So.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people still, though, are of the mindset that, like, oh, I put it on the internet, that's it. Like people will see it and, right. or like, or that everybody's seen it. And it's like, that's sure. not really the case. You know, you yeah. still have to, to talk to people and show them and introduce and, um, get to know people. And right. I think that, you know, for people to be interested in you, you have to be interested in them and what they're, they're doing. Absolutely. Um, no one wants to only hear from somebody when they need something. <laughs> right (laughs) which is which is a good like life like you know a good way to live life but also like a good way to be a good um community member in the music community and i think a a lot of people are doing that but not well enough (laughs) and in the guitar in the guitar you know i can speak primarily from the the guitar community it's like oh they think that okay we're having a concert people will come and this is online or virtual and it's like that's not really how it works works. you know you have to you have to tell people and you have to present something that is moving it doesn't mean it will be moving for for everyone right but um, you have to find those people for whom it will be important and meaningful to for them to be there and I think You know, going back to the conversation about rep, it's sore is not meaningful to a lot of people uh, all the time. You know, I think (laughs) having a playing a sore piece, uh, a Giuliani, uh, a Scarlatti, but so many programs nowadays are, you know, a Bach transcription, a Scarlatti transcription. We, A big sore uh, that piece that needs to go and away. It.
0: That just and we've done that <laughs> enough, you know. We we, we that that's well trodden ground. We need to do other things. And I, I and you mentioned this before, and I thought of it, and I want to bring it up again because um, I didn't mention it then. Part of that attitude that that really drives me nuts and and makes me very very sad is people are so occupied by doing that kind of program. That they're blind to the wealth of the, the repertoire that the instrument truly has, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's astonishing to me. I mean, it, it, there are composers that that you know, the guitar has has an, a, an unbroken thread of repertoire. People writing music for an instrument called the guitar from the middle of the sixteenth century up until the current day. It's a it's a tremendous wealth. Of, of repertoire, and I think if you if you just count so you know numbers of pieces, it's it's far more immense than that for any other solo instrument. You know, um, we're not going to talk about quality or length or any of those kinds of things because they're <laughs> you know those are things yeah, it to varies. think about. But the fact that that you know pe- that, that anyone would say we have to transcribe music from other instruments because we don't have we don't have repertoire for the solo instrument. Is that's that's an ignorant perspective, you know, and and I consider myself pretty well informed about a lot of it, you know, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm fully ignorant of a lot of our repertoire myself, and and you know I'm going to take responsibility on my own part for that, but a lot of it had to do with, you know, the the, the attitudes that were prevalent during my my training, um, and and things that were just like you said, you know, you go to see a, a concert and. It's, it's it's this cookie cutter thing mostly with transcriptions and and like you know and i i i used to be absolutely completely like rigidly anti transcription like i don't i don't <laughs> want to play i'm only playing guitar music i only want my students to play guitar music you know get out there and play our play our repertoire damn it you know i i I've, I've become a little less militant on that i think but uh, still it's you know i i i want to hear guitar music you know and 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 I want to know about people who who wrote for our instrument, and and I think there's this this, if you're gonna on one hand say, oh, we don't belong, you know, woe is us, we're on the fringes of the the classical music world, and if we're gonna do that on one side, and then be completely ignorant of our of the heritage of our instrument on the other, well, you know, we deserve to be excluded, you know, yeah. <laughs> like if we if we don't know it, we can't expect anybody else to know it and and it's just yeah and, and, and a lot yeah, of... I've got I've got I've got a very strong interest in 17th century music for guitar and there's a ton there's so much and it's completely other than De Vise and maybe some Santiago de Murcia you know nobody pays nobody. It, any attention at all you know and and it's it's unbelievable to me and I remember sitting at a table with several very well-known <laughs> performers as as i was starting to get into some of this stuff and i was talking about foscarina and bartolotti and they had never heard of them you know and and i thought wow that's that's really telling and and when i started to talk to them they they dismissed it oh, oh you're talking about tablatures as if it was like you know that that's that's not guitar <laughs> music and i was just like you gotta be kidding me come on man you know and yeah so but it's, 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 it's a real, it's a real interesting problem. And, and I think, uh, you know, yeah, we, we gotta, we gotta blow those doors open. We gotta, we gotta do new things and, and shed some light in those corners and, and, uh, you know, get, get everybody on stage. so to speak. I think that you know? some
1: of, some of this is also, um, confounded by competitions and, yeah. you know, you go to a competition and the same people are judging and the same people are entering the competitions and they're all playing kind of the same rep. Mm -hmm, And so people in the same way. And yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, you have people who are aspiring to, to have a career and they, they, Mm -hmm. they want to do it through the competition thing. And so they just end up copying and pasting, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. they've seen that wins. Um, And I think that's, that's kind of part of it. in. Professors can do a better job of, you know, teaching their students about the rep and right. really preparing their students for whatever kind of career that right. might exist.
0: That's an, that's a very good point. That's a really, really good point. So, you know, you, you have kind of an interesting traje- trajectory in your career. Um, for someone who has you, you have you, so your bachelor's is in music education and, mm-hmm. and with your master's in performance as well yes yeah and you're doing your DMA in performance so you know and you're working in arts administration yeah so is is that a, is that a path that you chose did you did you look at your prospects and say huh this is something that that I think I can do and I'm interested in and I want to Or did you have? Did you have any any people in your academic background who are encouraging you to check those kinds of things out?
1: Oh, I think it was mostly me being like, OK, I'm going to have to eat and I'm going to have to like. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, I know how much guitarists get paid for concerts
0: yeah <laughs> it's not enough <laughs> and there are many concerts yeah. right
1: yeah it's it's not enough to eat and so i was like okay i have to figure out something that i enjoy that i like that i want to do that allows me to still continue to make uh, art and make music right. um but also for me to you know sustain myself and my family sure. and whatever else so i was like i guess i'm gonna try out this arts admin thing yeah. um and I think it's really exciting, and I think that there are lots of opportunities there. Did you pursue training while there. you were in
0: school in in that field?
1: Uh, Semi formally, so so I was like uh, involved in like student organizations and things okay. like that, and I've done several like leadership training programs okay. for students. Okay. I've only done one though that was specific to arts admin, and that was sure. the Sphinx Lead Program, which was okay. like a two year professional development program. For arts administrators of color, that is run by the Sphinx Organization, okay. which is an organization uh, that is trying to transform the power of diversity uh, in the arts. And they they have like lots of things that they do. The primary thing, or the thing I think they're most known for, is their competition, which is like this huge competition where soloists come and they play with an orchestra and all this. But um, it focuses primarily on uh, BIPOC artists and so I did that program and I learned so 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 much about oh, that's cool arts admin um through that program and yeah. I was considering like a, a formal training um a master's degree in arts admin but then there was the doctorate and it was paid for and I was like okay sure. I'm gonna do that
0: sure, uh, sure. so well you know I think I think one of the, one of the things that, that I always think of is is that uh you know, education is a resource, and the responsibility for educating oneself lies with oneself. You know, mm-hmm. the, you know, it, it. It. You have to go get the information that you think you need. You know, and it, I think it's it's interesting. What you described, you know, is was, was you you had this realization that okay, this this is this is, I got to eat, <laughs> and uh, um. The arts admin thing was something that you were interested in. so you went and found those resources to educate yourself
2: yeah in that way. and you
0: know and you positioned yourself to to be able to do what you're doing now which is it's great it's fantastic you know
1: and i i enjoy teaching i i i do but i i don't know that that's the only thing that i want to do right. and i think as a young you know undergraduate guitar student or even master student that that's kind of the option that you're presented with sure It's It's the only option that you present. Yeah, yeah, it's the only option. It's like, you're going to teach. (laughs) And it's like but you don't seem to be having a lot of fun doing that. And you seem kind of miserable. I don't want to be like and, you. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, it's, you know? it's, it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Cause the, I mean, that's, it's, it's a programming thing, so to speak. And I always thought it, it, it my teachers, I was of a generation that my teachers were all full timers. You know, they, they, mm-hmm. they got full-time teaching jobs. That's lucky. Pretty much right out of, right out of whatever grad school experience or whatever post postgraduate experience they had. And that's that kind of dried up, you know, and mm-hmm. and and if you, it's just simple math. If 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 teacher A had graduates, you know, twenty students over the next decade, and all twenty of those students are looking for full time college teaching jobs, it, it gets it gets kind of messy, and then with this state of the guitar world being what it is, it's almost. I don't I don't know that it's it's explicitly this way but I think it it leans in this direction serious classical guitar students are created you know oh. um mm. like you you build a program by finding people that have little experience with the instrument and encouraging them to come study with you <laughs> and then telling them okay well you got 4 years to get get some stuff together you better work really hard you know again back to this established pedagogy thing you know so so it becomes this like feeding frenzy like you know and I I I experienced this as a a university teacher it's like if I don't have students in my program there's no justification for me having this job they're not going to pay me to you know just be on the faculty so you know it becomes this situation of trolling for students and, and trying, mm-hmm. trying to get any, you know, can, can you hold a guitar and breathe and not be an asshole at the same time? <laughs> You're in, you know, and one, one of my teachers used to describe it as, you know, I'll, I'll let almost anybody in, but it's hard to get out. You know, it's like you have to, you have, there are, yeah, I've, there are requirements. And I think that's a very typical situation. It is. So and I
1: think it's, it's a very unfortunate situation. It is a very um, unfortunate situation.
0: Yeah. Um, and, I've, and I've had, I've had many discussions with colleagues on this um, that at some point in time doesn't it become an ethical problem that you know why am i why am i perpetuating this why why am i what am i telling these young people you know they don't know anything they they they, you know they were living in their parents house and in high school (laughs) last year they don't know anything about the world and their their conduit to the wider world is me and it's really irresponsible for me to for first of all just to ignore the conversation Mm -hmm. at all which is I I don't want to say it's what my teachers did but it's it's kind of what it was the it was the mo and that's what everybody did so it's not nothing personal against any of my teachers but you know just perpetuating that and 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 then trying to find solutions to it and those those kinds of things and and my uh when, when I was a student my way of reacting to it was I mean I, I think I think at some point in time I developed an awareness of it and my, my reaction was like okay well you know for this period of time right now this is what I want to be doing and at the end of this period when I finish the degree or whatever I might have to do something else but I'll figure that out when I get there I didn't have any I didn't have any grand illusions about you know, this is gonna this is gonna give me a career in the arts or anything like that. that's just like right now i want to study with this guy and do this degree so i'm going to do that and if i never touch the instrument again after that because i'm too busy counting beans so be at least <laughs> i can say i had that those years that i was i was doing that and then at some point in time for me that switched to you know i really like well i, I loved being a student i should say i, I shouldn't say that yeah I, I loved being in that environment and i thought a way for me to be in this environment for a really long time would be to, you know, teach at this level. So that, that's, the, that's the track that I, I thought I put myself on it. And, and similar to you, I thought, you know, I have to gather my resources. I have to, and so I, like, always, everything I was doing was always with, you know, how can I learn to be the best college-level instructor? You know, what information can I I, I gather to do that? Um so I put myself on that path, but like you said, you know, it's like sometimes that's the uh, that's the only one that's that's shown to to young people saying Yeah, and I you're gonna and, do this, okay, you know.
1: Yeah, and I think it's also kind of understood or preached to people in musical that okay, if you um don't get that job as a teacher and you can't make it as a performer only, then you failed. And, right. and that for administration is for people who don't know how to play their instruments right. or weren't as good or any number of these terrible like, I say it's for things.
0: people that were smart enough to figure out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's, it's interesting though, because I think, you know, just be, you're, you're a great example of this. You know, you, you're, you're an arts administration, but guess what? You're also a performer. You know, I mean, it, it, you, you, It's not one or the other. No, no, it doesn't.
1: It doesn't have to be. And I think if more people realize that, hey, if they want to go work at Google, but also, you know, perform, they can they can do that. Um, it, It will be maybe a little challenging. Sure. uh but well, every, you know every, it'll everybody's, be worth
0: it. everybody's got challenges right you know, right, you know, right. we all we all have to kind of make our own path so to speak but uh i think you know and i think if you look at it if you frame it correctly you know the way the way that you were you were just describing it it doesn't have to be depressing you know it can be no. exciting it's like look at all these things that i can do look you know and they all inform one another if, if you're if you're if you're a curious mind if you if uh you know if you're if if you're awake, I guess you know, like, <laughs> you, your your success in arts administration is directly related to how you learn to communicate with people, right?
1: Oh yeah, oh, yeah, it's
0: <laughs> so and, yeah. and that can that can only help you to be a better musician. I say. On the other hand, your activity and your your training and your your performance experience as a musician, you have a perspective that you can bring. the table when you're talking to other artists or other people in the arts world you know because you know what you're talking about you know and and i think i think it's it's a much more holistic way of looking at a career or looking at professional activity and i think um you know this whole push you've you've probably seen this too and and um you know the 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 buzzword of entrepreneurship is real big in academic circles now you know Um, and and I chuckle at it a little bit and I think, oh, it's you know it's just it's just the fad of the, the decade or whatever and, and uh but I think there's something there's something there that that, yeah. that it's time to start talking about these things and, and frankly if if we want the strange uh, mixture that we already have of arts in an academic setting to survive in any way, I think I think it's time to start getting real about this stuff, and it, and I'm I'm very excited about some of the, the the things that I'm seeing that are are springing forth from from those kinds of programs and that kind of attitude. But I also have this fear of, you know, you you, you wave something a little too closely to the academic environment and it becomes calcified, you know. And, and, yeah,
1: I I kind of I definitely I've taken a couple of entrepreneurship classes or type things like that, and. They were just not great. <laughs> in in the mu- I've taken them in music. I think if sure. I had taken like a an entrepreneurship class in like right. the business school, whatever university I was at, I probably would have had a very different experience. Sure, sure. But again, it's people. I think it, it's a lot of people teaching entrepreneurship who have never been an entrepreneur.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's like right. how does that work? It's all very conceptual. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, it's all very conceptual. And no one can ever tell you this is this is not specific to entrepreneurship, but no one can ever tell you how they got a gig.
2: Right.
1: They're, they're never going to tell you how they got a gig because they're right, afraid right. that you're gonna come go after their, their gig. gig. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But um it's just like Which, if you can't answer me that then
0: yeah.
1: you know, why are you teaching this class?
0: Yeah. And so, something you just said actually reminded me of another thought that I previously had, um, where we're talking about you know people people graduating and and you know wanting to eat and, and this kind of thing and, then the, <laughs> and the competition part of it you know and and I remember very very clearly like I was told by someone with a lot more experience and wisdom than than I had at the time um, that if I if if I had any interest in any kind of performing career at all, that I had, to, I had to go out and do competitions, you know, and and I th- I thought that's, wow, you know, and I, I did some and it, they were terrible. It was they were yes. they were horrible experiences for me. Like, um, the, the the I met a lot of really great people, so I shouldn't say they were horrible experiences for me, <laughs> but. Um, a friend of mine used to describe it as the PGA. You know, it was, it was like the Professional yeah. Golfers Association. It's like you know, <laughs> here we go, and now we're going to go to the city and do this one. That's go so to true. The city, you know, and it was the same half dozen people that were winning them all. You know, um, and we knew, and it was just it's that guy's day. You know, mm-hmm. um, it, but it was so weird that that attitude was there, and and I think part of what happens with that is we. And, and what you just said about you know, tell me how to get a gig? No, because then you come take my gig. This this fear that surrounds stuff. I mean, it's it's terrifying. I get yes, it. It's terrifying. Yes. Like, and I've always felt that. You know, it, it like buy a shoestring, buy a thread all the time, walking the razor's edge. Sure, it's terrifying. You know, there's there's very little security, and and you just you don't know what's coming next. And yeah, I get it. So it's a scary way to try to make a living but I think if we surround it with fear and we surround it with, with this, this competitive attitude of you know get away you're going to take my gig or you know and that's a very simple simple way to describe it but that that has a certain effect on all of us and, and on the concept of community
2: mm-hmm.
0: whereas if we can kind of flip that around and look at it with excitement and a sense of abundance, you know, and there's probably enough work out there for all of us, right? Let's so let's help each other do that work. You know, and yeah. and, and you, yeah. you were talking earlier about, you know, making connections and and building building community through through that. You know, it's not I'm not talking to you so I can get a gig. I'm talking to you because I'm interested in what you're doing as a human being. And maybe down the road somewhere giggle giggle, come of it but that's fine you know and or, or maybe not and that's also fine but like you know it, it it's it's that idea like you, you i'm not you're, you're not it's it's not with a particular specific end goal in mind it's it's more like this exploration hey let's let's chat about stuff and be, let's build community you know and i, I think it's uh that that's that needs to be injected into the into the scene in in a, in a yeah. way, especially for young people. Oh my my gosh, you know. Um, and I know for for my the students that I was teaching when I was when I was still teaching in college. There again, there's been a, there's been a bit of a generational shift, and um, you know, I I, I don't. Uh, how old are you, Siad? Oh, <laughs> I'm 28. I am twenty eight. I am twenty eight. You are twenty eight. So you are you are, yeah. So you are still you are you are of that of that generation. I think that I would, I would describe as perhaps millennial. Is that, is that what they're calling people? Yeah, that's what they call (laughs) (laughs) I hate those things. Right. But yeah, one of the things that I noticed about, um, and there was, there was definitely a shift in, in, so I stopped teaching in 2018 and I would say some five or seven years before that there was, there was, there was definitely a shift in the attitude of the people that were students in that environment. Um, And, you know, I saw, I would, I would describe those students as there was, there was a certain, uh, I don't want to say naivete, but it's, maybe just lack of, of real world experience, you know, like there was, (laughs) there was something immature and not in a bad way, just not developed. Like they, they seemed in many ways, they seemed younger. Like their 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 knowing about the world just didn't seem as experientially developed. Um, but on the other hand, what I saw from that generation in terms of empathy and compassion, um, and humanity, like, was something that was was new to me. You mm-hmm. know, and and I think it's really fantastic and it's beautiful and in many ways, more mature than, than you know, people of my, my generation, you know, like, and I think a lot of young people that I know now, and I think, you know, you're 16 years old and you know more about issues of social justice than I did last year, and it's just your world and it's important to you and you think about it and talk about it all the time. You know, and wow! I mean, that's—it's so impressive to me. And I think, you know, if that stuff can be harnessed, and if we can—if we can shift our focus to that kind of attitude, I mean, what a, what a beautiful world, you know, we can we can live in, you know. And, and I think it's a, its 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 exciting to me. So.
1: Yeah, I, I I definitely agree. And you know, the the thing about building community is again, you have to just want to get to know people to to be part of a thing and I had this friend who he asked me one time something to the effect of um you know whenever you meet somebody like isn't your first thought what you can get out of them oh my god and I was like
0: no no <laughs> oh, that is <laughs> that is never like what are you a parasite <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is never my my first initial thought any uh, any time when I meet someone it's really just to be trying to be a decent person who is interested in what people have to say and what they're doing and, you know, to be a good community member and a good friend or acquaintance or whatever. And I, I, you know, it's, it must be so hard to go through life wondering what you can suck out of everybody uh, immediately right. after you meet
0: them. I think it would be exhausting, honestly. I mean, you know, life is life is tiring as it is. And if you have to like put energy into that or the, yeah, I I'm yeah, I'm I'm not I'm too lazy to be mean. <laughs> you know, and I was I always think of, you know, people that that, that, that run elaborate schemes, I always think, you know, man, that's that's too much work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just want to be simple and do do my thing. So so before we I think I think wrap up a little bit here, um, but before we go, tell me about uh, your experience with, with the Austin classical guitar and what you've been doing there. Um, I mean, that's that's what got you got you to Austin, and you've yeah, been there, yeah. did you say, since 2018? Am I oh, no, I've only
1: been here since um, June, j- sorry, January of 2020.
0: Oh, wow, that's so, brand yeah. new for you. Fantastic.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, I moved here two months before the pandemic started.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> so, so you can
1: imagine what that's uh, been like. Oh, um, my gosh. Like but yeah, kicked so... in the stomach, I'm imagining. Yeah. 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 So I work as a director of individual giving, um, which is in fundraising and what we call the nonprofit space development, um, which is a lot of building relationships with people and connecting their, uh, want and need to help with our want and need for help. Right. So Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, I, I connect with donors. I meet people, um,
0: do you do any just, special event work as as far as that's concerned? Sorry, could you say that again? Do you do any special event work as far as that's concerned?
1: Oh, um yeah, I think a little bit. We held, we held a couple development events before the pandemic started and I think we I'm sure we will in the future cuz right. you know, um having events for people who are interested in our work uh is important. But yeah, I mean, I'm i'm kind of involved with the production side of things the concert Mm -hmm. um not as much as other people because it's just not my job there uh but yeah it's a really fun and interesting environment to be in um and it's really cool to work at an organization who's like full of guitarists and the people get it
0: yeah (laughs) Yeah. and 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 wildly successful i must add I, i think i think I think Austin classical guitar is probably the envy of the entire guitar society scene. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, as, as it, it, shining example of this is how you do it right, folks. You know, um, and we, you know, we have a, a guitar society here in Columbus, and I was I was really heavily involved with it for for a very long time. And I think, as is often the case with these things, you know, the the bulk of the activity falls on the shoulders of one person who's probably already really really busy and and tired Mm -hmm. and and lacking in resources as it is um you know and and that was certainly the case here and we've been able to do what we've been able to do through a a variety of of things coming together in just just perfect ways but uh it's uh it's still a volunteer organization and I think after (laughs) after 30 years of talking about it we finally got our our 501c3 status oh wow (laughs) like Two years ago. Oh know. wow! Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it. But we talked about it for years. You know, and, and and I'm not the kind of person to to do these sorts of things. And so <laughs> so when I when it was me, when it was you know when I was the one pretty much doing all the legwork for everything, it would you know it wasn't happening, and and I was doing doing my best to to get things going. But I you know I I, I think yeah, Austin. Austin classical guitar is really, really exciting and really you know a shining example of this is this is how you do it and it's possible and you should pay attention. I think they've done a great job in Cleveland as well. I think Eric Yeah, Cleveland is, is, is like a really,
1: I think Cleveland is a really great example of being an organization that responds to like the needs of their community. In a really specific way, which I hope is what people see from, you know, what happened it was happening here in Austin, but in Cleveland and, you know, in Minnesota or like people are creating programs and, um, have organizations that are for their communities. Yeah. And I think that more guitarists, if they could. Is that happening in
0: Minneapolis as well?
1: Yeah, there's a there's a guitar uh, like the Minnesota Guitar Society that's really yeah. cool, and they have they're, um
0: they're doing a lot of community education.
1: Outreach. Yeah, they oh, have fantastic. yeah they have education and um and their guitars their concert series is more than just classical guitar. Um, oh okay, which is kind of cool too. Yeah, but I think that yeah, if more guitarists could like see that you have to build something that your community needs <laughs> right, not right. maybe what uh, p- other people are doing in their communities sure, then they could right. be way more successful than yeah. they are
0: because we i were thought currently like, talking to um jonathan gangi i don't know if you know know him he's he's actually he's a, a music entrepreneurship guy um at one of the universities in pittsburgh i don't i don't remember which one i don't think it's duquesne but it might be um and he's a guitarist, and Ooh. he did some research on community outreach programs that, that you know, guitar societies are doing. Um, and for some reason, he, you know, he, even though he's in Pittsburgh, he, he looked at Columbus. He said the demographics of this city and the established guitar scene there make this a prime environment to do something like this. Um, so he's working with us to, to get something started and, and his initial, his initial thought was, um, to get in touch with the, the juvenile corrections, um, Mm uh, department Mm -hmm. here and, and try to, try to offer things through that. But he, he specifically mentioned Austin many, many times in the conversations that we've had with him. So I think he's, he's kind of using what's going on there as, as a model for, what he's trying to do here, which is really exciting. So and I, I I'm again it's you know my my strengths don't lie in these kinds of institutional organizational details and, and whatnot. But I'm I'm happy to go along for the ride and I'm hoping that uh I'll be I'll be doing some teaching um through those programs and I'm really really excited about the prospect of that that kind. Yeah, I actually
1: on. teach in one of our juvenile justice programs. Oh as well. cool. Yeah, and so it's been
0: I'll like be hitting really you up for, for tips. Yeah, yeah, totally.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I've been teaching them online, uh, which has been a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, that's that's really. I mean, and I know like the 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 scene that they've built in Cleveland has been just tremendous. I and mean, and and you know, it, it. I always think you know if, if you if you apply intelligent solutions to social pressures you know, there's, there's, again, there's the democratization, there's equalization that can happen through these things, you know, and, and I, I always, I, I don't think so, so much now, I think we have a lot of, a lot of work to do to fix it, um, but I've always thought, you know, education is, is really the key, that is, that's the, that's the equalizer, we can, we could, if we provide equal access to education and provide that as a way for people, you know, to embrace democracy and and, and equality that's how we do it and Mm -hmm. you know the arts can be a huge huge lifeline for that sort of thing and i think you know um giving giving people something like that to to sink their teeth in and to to help help them is is really critical you know Claire used to always say, you know, she's she's so funny, so many things that, that she would say, but she always said, you know, if you're too busy playing guitar, you're not going to get into trouble, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's great. Awesome. So, I, I yeah, is there, is there anything else that uh, you think we need to talk about or anything that you want to let people know about or...
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, this has been really fun. Thank you for yeah. inviting me and having me. Well, thanks for uh, chatting with me. It'd yeah, I actually have a, a little podcast of my own called Excellent. Uh, Musically Cogitating, which is a podcast about music and its relevance on our lives. So some interviews, cool. some random me just talking to the microphone kind of thing. So yeah, um, if people want to check that out, you know, that's cool
0: is is it easy to find
1: yeah 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 i can send you the the link but it's uh musically cogitating so musically and then cogitating (laughs) c-o-g-i-t-a-t-i-n-g
0: fancy words and all your schooling and stuff um very cool and and for for other other things that you're involved in uh the, the margins guitar collective that's that's out there in the in the interwebs you can find yeah that. yeah I know, you, I know you have a facebook page
1: yeah and all of my stuff i have a website that's just you know ciydwells.com and okay. everything is linked there in some excellent of way, so
0: and ci is spelled
1: c-i-d-c-i-y-d-h-
0: ADHD. I have to look at it, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I'm horrible. <laughs> I'm a horrible person. No, you're not. <laughs> but we, yeah, we'll, I'll, I'll gather information from you, and when, when everything goes live and everything, I'll have links and stuff, and this is all new territory for me, too, so um, I'll, I'll, I'll figure out how to do the podcasting thing and, and yeah. join the modern world. <laughs> so. But thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure talking to you, and and yes. I think I think I think we should do it again sometime. Of course, so, yes, we will. Best of luck to you and all of all of your projects, and uh, yeah, thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. This is Carl Wolwind of Columbus Classical Guitar. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Guitar on My Knee podcast. For more information and past episodes, please visit columbusclassicalguitar.com or Carl Woolwind Guitarist on Facebook.